Hey, welcome to the 1826 podcast. My name is Joe and I'm the leader of the 1826 young adult community here at Faith Chapel. I just want to let you know really quickly, we meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. in our church lobby. I encourage you to check us out on Instagram at 1826FC so you can kind of get a feel for what we're about. Without any further ado, let's dive into the message. Super stoked about tonight and the series that we're starting. Uh, We're starting a series called Conspiracy. And I got the idea to start this because I was getting really annoyed with some of the conspiracies that I was seeing like on the internet and how people were like actually believing them. Uh, Somebody told me that Justin Bieber was a lizard person and um, apparently everyone in Hollywood is, yeah, Grace says that's true. So many that go around and go viral and everything is this person's fault or everything is this person's fault and I just was like, wow, I have to teach on this. And um, it evolved into something else when we think about the Bible and some of the conspiracies that surround the Bible. So as you saw when you walked in, um, tonight we're gonna talk about Jesus, man or myth, and is Jesus real? Like we come every single week and we talk about this Jesus figure. But there are people all over the world who are meeting in groups just like ours and they have a God. And so what makes ours real? What makes our Jesus better than theirs? And why should we believe in our God? Have you ever been asked that question? Why do you believe in Jesus? Um, It's a tough question. What do you believe in and why? That's kind of what this whole series is going to be on. Let's dive into it uh, with, with some prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this night. Thank you where we can gather safely. We can worship you. We can get to know you more. God, I pray that tonight we would learn what we believe in, why we believe in it, and we can be confident in this fact that you are truly good and that you care for us and that you reach out to us each and every day in the most beautiful ways. I pray for the hearts of these people and that every word that flows out of my my mouth be directly from your heart to them. We ask and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My freshman year of college, I went to my first class on the first day of school. It was an English class. And me and my buddy, we were a little bit nervous, a little bit excited, all those feelings that you feel on the first day of school. And we get seated next to this guy who has a charisma about him that's very energetic. People are naturally drawn to him. You know those people? And everybody wanted to be his friend. Everybody was talking to him. He seemed to know everything. He was, you know, He was just kind of that it person. And we decided that we want to be friends with him. So we sat next to him, we were talking to him, and we got to know him pretty well throughout the class. And one day he asked us a a very um, unusual question that, you know, we mostly talked about sports, whatnot, life. He asked us, what God do you believe in? And that was the first time in my life where I sat back and I was thinking, God, I believe in God. You're telling me there's other gods? And I came from a very sheltered background. I grew up as a pastor's kid. I grew up in the church. So the thought that there were actual people in America that believed in another god than I did was kind of a new subject for me. And so I responded, I, I believe in God. He goes, okay, that's great. Which one? 
I was like, well, which one do you believe in? And he began to explain to me how he came from a Mormon background and how there were all these different things that he believed in. And he was expressing these things to me. And it was very interesting to me to learn a new perspective from this really intelligent person who was well-spoken and knew what he was talking about. And he was very confident about it. And I happened to grow up in a place called Independence, Missouri, which is very, very big deal to the Mormon religion. Uh, they believe Jesus is going to come down on this big spiral building. It's a big deal or whatever. Um, so I was able to have a conversation with him. My friend wasn't, didn't respond in the most appropriate way. Do you ever have those friends that when they talk, you just are thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, I please just shut up. Like, you are doing so much harm to this relationship right now. And because you're friends with them, now you feel like an idiot as well because they're saying like things that just don't make sense. So he comes into the equation and he's just beginning to attack this, this new friend that we've made. You're so stupid. How could you believe in these things? How could you do this? How? Like, this doesn't make sense. And so he turns to us and he goes, but your Jesus doesn't make sense to me. So I'll ask you again, why Jesus? Like, why do you believe that there was a virgin who had a baby in a barn, and he was the savior of the world, and he had all the power in the world, and yet he gave into that power, died on a cross three days later, went into the sky. Like, that's not the most convincing story. And you can say whatever you want about other religions, but there are people who have that viewpoint of what we believe in. So what do you believe? And in my experience, I think there's a lot of Christians that are like my friend today. And they're not the brightest, smartest people. To be pretty frank, they're stupid. And they say really stupid things to people. They make a lot of people upset. They attack people. Grace had a, a, a great quote on her, on her story the other day. The church is raising passionate young people to serve a God they don't actually know. Something to that effect. I think we have a lot of passion. I think we have a lot of, we want to go out there, we want to spread the news, we want to do this, but we can't answer the question, why do you believe what you believe? Most people who believe in God seem really stupid. Like Christians won't be able to make their car payments and they'll be like, Jesus, take the wheel. Like, <laughs> go get a side job, make the payment, right? We just go through our life just saying, God's gonna take care of it, God's gonna take care of it, God's gonna take care of it. And we go around telling our neighbors that and we just expect them to come to church with us on Sunday when bad things happen to us. And our testimony is we serve a God who can't come through. So what do we believe in? And the whole reason we're having this discussion tonight is because I don't want people in this group to get caught in their own stupidity. And I know that's probably not the most appropriate word. I know that's probably not the most polished way to put it, but that's what we get caught up in our, most of the time. And people are struggling with the concept of Jesus. Is he real? Is he not real? Is he man or is he myth? And they need truly thoughtful, reasonable, meaningful answers as to why they should believe in him. 
why they should convert, why they should cross that road. And you might not be struggling with this, but I guarantee you, you know somebody who is. And I want you to be prepared for that moment. Why do you believe in Jesus? And why is your Jesus better than mine? Why is your God better than my God? It's a very significant moment that you could have in their life or in your own life if you're struggling with that question. So the question's always interested me. What do you believe? And the first thing I want to point out to you is that if somebody's asking you that question, be very, very grateful. Because that means they, you have influence over their life. And if you have influence over people's life, that means you have leadership capabilities. But I want to warn you, leadership comes with a lot of responsibility. So before you answer that question, what do you believe? Ask yourself if you can hold the weight to the answer. So what makes more sense to you? Or what makes more sense to them? A world with God or a world without him? And we know that everything came out of something, and if something came out of nothing, then how long did nothing think to itself, I'm just going to do nothing? And then one day it decided, well, I'm going to do something. And out of that nothing, what are the chances that nothing created something, and that something created everything? Pretty low percentage. That takes a lot of faith to believe in that narrative. Or... In the nothing, or in the beginning, there was a God. There was something. And the reason we have intelligence is because we serve an intelligent God, and we are reflections of the image that he made us in. You might be thinking like, or your friend might be thinking, that still doesn't really make sense to me. Like that equation doesn't add up. You know, one plus one, and that equation equals three, and I want one plus one to equal two. And if two plus two equals four, that brings me comfort. That structure brings me a lot of comfort. There are people who need math, and we can talk about math all night long, and there's a way that I can get to people through math. But I want to say this. If there is a God, and the driving principle of the universe is not math, and it is love, because God is love, that's what God's word says, then the principle for the universe is relationship. And I would like to think that you would spend your whole life not searching for math equations, but you would spend your whole life longing for love and trying to be in relationship with other people that God created. But how can there be a God when there's so much suffering in the world? Earthquakes and hurricanes and viruses and hate and all these things that I see on the news every single day is so much. It's so chaotic. How can there be a God over a world that is so messed up? And it's probably never occurred to you that nature reflects who we are as people. Have you ever noticed that you don't really know who you are until you are with other people? You're really honest until somebody needs you to tell the truth. Like you're really generous until somebody needs you to give over the top. You're really patient until you have to stand in a line. And we get caught up in this, this concept of who we are, and that's called arrogance. Like we can be arrogant. If the first thought you just thought was, I'm not arrogant, hmm. <laughs> You might be a little arrogant. <laughs> and it's impossible to speak to somewhat arrogant people. 
And the fastest way to realize your soul is damaged is to understand that your relationships are damaged. And the only way you can really know what's going on inside of you is to know what's going on around you. The world inside of you is probably the world that you have created surrounding you. And so when we create something we don't like, we want to blame God. When we enter a relationship that we were never supposed to be in and it doesn't work out, we want to blame God. I was in love. How could God let that happen to me? When we step into a job opportunity that we were never supposed to step into and it doesn't work out, we want to blame God. I loved that job. I had friends at that job. How could it not work out with a good God who's for me? But in reality, we have to stop being the arrogant people who thinks it's God's responsibility instead of our responsibility to make the most of the will that he's given us. I was having a conversation with a friend um, just the other day who was trying to convince me that all religions are the same. All religions are the same. And when you think about it, they're, they kind of are. Like, if you do this, 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 maybe you will be good enough to achieve this level, right? If you're Islam and you try to do good so that one day you could be good enough. If you're Buddhist, you try to do good so that one day you could be good enough. If you're Catholic, you try and do good so that one day you can be good enough. And what happens? Think about the people that I just mentioned in your life that you've met. Are they happy people? Are they really, truly content? I'm not talking about what's on their Instagram feed. We all can look past the feed and the fakeness that is on social media. When you have friends who are not walking with Jesus, truly walking with him, truly knowing with him, are they, are they happy? Are they fulfilled? Do they have purpose? And by the way, any God that forces you to earn his love is not worthy of your worship. I love Jesus because Jesus was sent by God to earth because God knew I needed him. God doesn't need us, right? If God needed us, then, then we would have to go and find God. God doesn't need us. We needed God. That's why Jesus came. We all are in agreement with that? Jesus came because God knew we needed him. And that's why Jesus doesn't qualify as a religion. Jesus came to earth to show us how far God would go to get to us. To put it simply, God is the name we use when we're searching for him. Jesus is the name we use when God is searching for us. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And this is, this could be perceived as a, a very like pompous statement. Like, I am the best, or I am this, I am that, right? But I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. I think Jesus is saying, I am the only way because nobody else is coming to get you. Take it or leave it, but there's no other God that's coming to get you. You're going to have to work your way to that God if you choose that religion. I'm the way because I am here, Jesus is saying in the moment. Why would you spend your entire life trying to earn the love of a God who is not coming for you. 
So as we mentioned, God is love, and everything he does is love. Everything he wrote to us was love. Everything he gives to us is an action of love. We spend our whole life kind of with this purpose that the universe was created on this concept of love. And if we are the ones who need God, then he will come to find us. God doesn't need us. We need God to find us because we are lost people. So what does the verse say? I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. The way, it's not above God to step into our messy lives and show us the way. When hope is in a past tense, it's called regret. At one point, I lied to myself and would tell people, yeah, I have no regrets. I do. Um, (laughs) That was supposed to be funny, but... uh, I think we all have regrets, right? We've all done things that we don't want to do. And as humans, we continue to hope because our soul longs for it. We don't wake up naturally unhopeful. We all have hopes. We all have aspirations. Want to finish school one day. Want to get a better job someday. Want to own a property someday. Want to get our dream job someday. We all hope for things. Whether you want to admit it or not, you have hope in your heart. I want to get married someday. I want to have kids someday. We all have hope. Jesus is saying, I am the way. Jesus is encouraging us, saying you can have hope to move forward in the way that I am presenting to you. I am the way. I am the truth. We all have a meaning for our lives. And sometimes we spend our life pursuing meaningless things like wealth or status or material things. And at the end of your life, you have lived a meaningless life because you never found what you were created to do, which can only be found in Jesus, which is serving and loving others. I am the way, I am the truth. Thirdly, the life. This one's probably the hardest for me to talk to other people about. Because when you talk to other people about giving them new life, they can easily say, I'm really okay. I already have a life, like I'm existing, I'm here, I have blood in my veins, like I'm good, okay? And they don't realize that they actually don't have a life, they're just merely existing. And what Jesus does is, is he came down to change the narrative about existing. And without him, we simply just exist. We don't have a purpose-driven life. He is who our soul is searching for. And when we are found in him, we do find life. So why Jesus? Because Jesus is the answer to our every why. And the more I advocate for this and the more I teach on his word, the more I realize that I'm actually advocating for people. And I'm stepping into that purpose, just like you can, where Jesus came down to earth to serve people. And if we're going to live a life like Jesus, we are also to serve people. So when you learn about God and know him more, you understand that he is all about people. And when you focus solely on him, he readjusts our focus to his people so that we can see them for the first time through the lens that he sees them. That's why Jesus, he changes everything. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this night we can spend together. Thank you so much for your Grace, thank you so much for your word, for showing us a way, for being the truth, for giving us a life. We're so grateful for 
everything you do for us, the miracles that you provide. God, be with this group as they go back into their workforces and families and homes. Give them hope. Give them peace. Guide them. We ask you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. I hope that message encouraged you. I hope it inspired you. I want to let you know that we meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. You're free to join us. We'd love to meet you. We meet on campus at our home church, Faith Chapel San Diego. You can look us up online. You can follow us on Instagram at 1826 for more info. We hope to see you soon.